week was given a clean bill of health from his physician who declared Joe is healthy and vigorous and is fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency. Mm. Bridge over the, uh, over, the, over the Holly River. Look, in, in Warsaw, or excuse me, Washoe County in Nevada, we're spending $89 billion to add several lanes. Brilliant. And Biden was this week in no mood to answer questions about his weird response to random balloons being shut down. And then he got very angry when journalists asked questions about his family's dodgy business dealings with China. Give me a break, man. But back to that routine physical he completed this week, where an extremely detailed neurologic exam found no sign of cognitive decline, none at all. You know, our natural wonders uh, are, uh, you know, inspired and the reflection inspires our to take action. You know, um, uh, America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the, foot, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. And that's when traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. A solid meeting with um, with uh, the uh, they make a very good point here's the deal here's what drives the driver uh, in the states that are affected we hold these truths to be self-evident all men and women created by the, go you know the you know the thing know the thing <laughs> joe biden has been <laughs> cognitively sound for years. I mean, only a perfectly sane man in peak physical and mental condition would recount a story like this. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. And back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And those days, you used to remember the straight race, you'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yes, no man has ever been better equipped to lead the United States, and indeed all of the free world and the current commander-in-chief. We're in good hands, folks. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, welcome back. <clears throat> that was Sky News. Um, and, and the reason I even played that audio for you was just because I've consistently said that the rest of the world, we are the laughing stock around the world right now. And that just proves it. That's a live, live news broadcast where they're talking about Joe Biden pretty much destroying him and they can't even contain their laughter. Uh, ultimately, 
jokingly saying we're in good hands right now with this guy being the leader of the free world. So if you were ever in doubt of how the rest of the world views us right now, that pretty much summed it up for you. All right, so something uh, that we're a little bit removed from now, but it's worth talking about because they finally got a uh, Special Inspector General's report for the disastrous withdrawal out of Afghanistan. They wanted to see exactly what was left behind, what was the cost to the American taxpayer, and what the Taliban is now in control of. What they found is the report that was ordered by Congress after the withdrawal left 13 U.S. troops dead, found that Biden's decisions to withdraw from Afghanistan also left $7.2 billion worth of military equipment under Taliban control. Uh, The final tally of our military equipment abandoned in Afghanistan can't be confirmed, in part because the electronic database used to track the material crashed in early 2021 or was purposely crashed by uh, the Taliban. The report uh, also admitted some senior Afghan officials didn't foresee that Biden would actually uh, execute a hasty withdrawal. The character of the withdrawal left many Afghans with the impression that the United States was simply handing Afghanistan over to the Taliban government in waiting. Notably, the investigations, uh, or investigators, excuse me, said U.S. policy failures in Afghanistan could be used as a lesson to avoid similar mistakes in Ukraine. Given the ongoing conflict and the unprecedented volume of weapons being transferred to Ukraine, the risk that some of these Uh, equipment will end up on the black market or in the wrong hands is likely unavoidable. There is an understandable desire amid the crisis to focus on getting money out the door and to worry about uh, oversight later, but too often that creates more problems than it solves. Currently, American lawmakers have earmarked more than $110 billion of taxpayer funds in defense of Ukraine. I really, I mean, short article on Breitbart, if you were wondering where it's at, a short article on Breitbart News there. But, you know, I I think that uh, this story just, it's good insight, and it gives people who are not really thinking about, you know, the the true ramifications of the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. What, What do we truly lose? We knew that we were leaving it in the hands of a terrorist nation. We knew that. We knew that the people in that nation were going to suffer because of this bad decision. We knew that we lost members of our military that, if you remember, Joe Biden couldn't be bothered and had to keep checking his watch because it was too much to watch the uh, boys and girls that are coming home in body bags. It's too much to honor them uh, for their service. And I guess he needed to get somewhere. Maybe he had to go get to the ice cream shop. I'm not sure. But he had to get somewhere so he couldn't be bothered with that. We also knew that we lost military equipment. Uh, How much we were unsure of. We see a dollar figure, but they can't even measure what did we lose. What tanks, aircrafts, uh, what type of uh, guns. Imagine what must have been over there. I mean, we're fighting a war over there for 20 years. Pretty much anything we have here, we had to have stationed over there. So that's all now in the hands of a terrorist organization. But I don't think people realize, yes, that is going to go to the black market. There are... Arms dealers around the world that want to get their hands on stuff like that. That is a, a money machine for a terrorist organization. Those people already rule through fear. They already have their own type of weaponry. We have enhanced them. We have, 
we have made them, we have brought them into the 21st century as far as weaponry is concerned. They don't need everything that they have. They can make deals with China to sell China our technology so China can evaluate our technology, see what they can do better so they can create, at a minimum, rivals to what we have as far as machinery goes or even enhance it more and have better military equipment than we have. Like I said, you have arms dealers around the world that create chaos all over the world that we don't even hear about day to day. So they're definitely willing to pay the price to get whatever it is that they're looking for to terrorize whatever country they may be in at that time. Joe Biden is the most dangerous person on the planet. I know that we could debate all day long on who's actually running the United States. We could sit down here and your guess is as good as my guess, which is as good as the next person's guess. At the end of the day, since he is in the position that he's in, he's the one that gets the blame. And I know that looking at him, he's not making these decisions. He, I doubt he's doing any complex thinking anymore. They're just trying to get him to read the teleprompter and read it without any mistakes right now. That's their main focus. Just shut up. Don't inject any of your weird little stories in there. Read what's on the teleprompter. Put an earpiece in. Every time he's going to go off script, he, you know, press a button and it give him a sharp sound in his ear to, to wake him back up. Pay attention, fool. Read what's on the script. So he's not making any of these real decisions, but it doesn't matter. You know, when you, when you work at a job, if you're the person, I mean, in theory, if a organization runs the way it should, your lower level people take orders from you. When everything hits the fan, who does the owner come to? Does he go to the workers or does he go right to the supervisor? He's going to go to the supervisor. Why? Because you're supposed to be controlling this. You're overseeing this. It's your responsibility. What the hell are you doing? Get these guys back. Get these guys back in line. Get them doing what they're supposed to be doing. You're the one that accepts the blame. I feel no differently about Joe Biden. I don't care who's making the calls. I don't care if it's Obama behind the scenes. I don't care if it's Rice. I don't care who's making the calls over there. At the end of the day, if you're the figurehead and you're the guy that they're pushing on TV, then you accept the blame. So to me, Joe Biden is the most dangerous person in the world right now because he is cognitively struggling and he's not making any decisions for himself. Everything, every move that he makes around the world, every single move that he makes, we're either moving in a far left direction or we are regressing as far as progress goes that we were really pushing forward with just a short two, two, three years ago. I know we still have some time to go, but we have to get this guy out of office. We have to vote him out and put somebody in there that's going to restore sanity, not only to the United States, but around the world. That's not going to make silly decisions and it's not going to have us doing these disastrous withdrawals that's going to cost the American people immediately $7.2 billion in product. But ultimately, because of these bad decisions, it could cost us something much more precious, which is American lives. And I'll, I'll say it again. Short article, very short, a minute worth of reading, literally. <laughs> short article there. But definitely worth the read. I think that uh, you would be doing yourself some justice just to read through it real quickly. You know, and, um, and just think about it. You know, think about everything that goes along with it. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm not a drinker. 
If if I was to have a drink, I generally drink scotch on the rocks. That would be generally what I drink. If not, I would drink some red wine. Beyond that, not a big drinker at all. And even that, I may have a drink once every couple of years. Me, I'm I'm naturally just high on life. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't uh, I don't see the need for it. I'm not an addict. I'm not an ex-addict. We don't have a disease of that in my immediate family. I've had family members that are not my bloodline that have some issues with that. But as far as my immediate bloodline, we don't we don't generally have a problem with that. Thank God. I certainly don't drink beer. I've never been a big fan of beer. I don't particularly like beer. I think there was one beer. I don't even know if they make it anymore. When I was much younger, um, that was probably my early 20s that I thought tasted okay, which uh, was, uh, what was the name of it? Amberbach. Amberbach, it was a brown beer. Uh, Guinness tastes like cough syrup. You know, but to me, Guinness, some people don't like it, and some people think it's just disgusting. To me, Guinness was better tasting than just your regular beer. Well, one of the most popular beers, and I would say that everybody knows, is Heineken. You know, I, I don't think that it's too far of a stretch for me to say that if you're going to name the top three or four beers in the world, I think most people are going to go with what Budweiser. Then they're going to go with Heineken and Corona and you know, whatever, whatever the next one may be. But I'd say those three are pretty, pretty well-known beers. And I think consumed by many people. Well, if I was a beer drinker where I'm going with all this, I can tell you that Heineken even if it was my favorite beer, the beer that I love the absolute most, I can tell you right now, I'd stop drinking it. Bloomberg, Bill Gates has acquired a minority stake in Heineken Holdings NV. The controlling shareholder of the world's second largest brewer, he now holds about $902 million worth of shares. The Microsoft founder and philanthropist, Last week, picked up 3.8% of Heineken Holdings, according to a filing by the Dutch regulator, Dutch regulator Jesus, AFM. He bought 6.65 million shares in Heineken's Holdings in, uh, in his individual capacity and then bought a, an additional 4.18 million shares through the Bill and Melinda Gates Fo- uh, Foundation Trust. So, since I have such a dislike for Mr. Gates, wannabe scientist, moron, okay, since I don't like him at all, I would, if I was a drinker, and I'm not, but if I was, under no circumstance would I be buying a Heineken from this day forward, because I'm not going to put money into this guy's pocket that is literally working against me. I mean, working against me in a way of population control, he'd like to see me gone from this planet working against me. Mr. Climate Change, we got to save the world at all costs, even if people are going to die. Mr. We need to force vaccinate everybody. No, uh-uh. <laughs> no way on God's earth. I'm supporting that guy. Okay, so if you drink Heineken, you may want to consider switching beers because every time you crack that Heineken open, just know that you are enriching a man that is actively, and I mean actively, working against you. Another thing a little further down in this article um, that I found kind of interesting is that 
the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Trust also invested in a Dutch online grocer, Picnic BV, and they also hold 1.34% stake in a Dutch fertilizer producer, OCINV. Now, I don't know enough about this company to know whether or not they are a producer that ships globally and some of their uh, their fertilizer makes it here to the United States. But I don't like the idea of Bill Gates being involved in anything to do with fertilizer since he is one of those people that thinks that we should all live off bugs and we don't need to eat meat and we should reduce our population. And I know that the farmers here in the United States are struggling if they can even get fertilizer. They're getting it at astronomical prices, which is affecting our crops, which is affecting how much we are growing. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of knowing that this buffoon has anything to do with any fertilizer at all. Now, I can't say for sure where they ship to, what other names they ship under. There are plenty of companies that produce it, and they just bag it. For example, uh, Tyson Chicken Nuggets, Tyson Chicken, the little chicken nuggets they make. You know they make the chicken nuggets, its own special batter, but they're the ones that do it for McDonald's. So, yeah, it's not that McDonald's has its own production plant. This could be a very similar situation where maybe they're bagging for, I don't know, whatever company here in the United States, and Bill Gates may have some say in how fast or slow or the cost of that fertilizer is coming here to the United States. And I wouldn't put it past them because there's a guy who's a megalomaniac. He loves being in the spotlight. He likes you to believe that he is something that he is absolutely not. He's arrogant, and he's a narcissist. He thinks he's always right, so... I don't know how much I like the idea that he's involved in any fertilizer company, to be honest with you. And then uh, we're going to move on. AmericanWire.com ran a story that you, you have, you, there's so much information in this world. It, it, it is impossible to know everything. And there are so many people that are good at what they do. And uh, a lot of people that have a lot of value to me are like true historians that are going to give it to you uh, in black and white. They're not going to inject anything in there. This is what happened. This is how it happened. That's it. Good or bad. You read into it, whatever you want to read into it, but it is the truth. Um, There was an interesting article that they ran that historians say that the Biden era eerily similar to a period right before Republican wins. Um, Brian Kilmeade was talking with a guest uh, from Fox News, and I want to play you that that, uh, audio clip so you can hear what was said during, during this interview, which is a comparison of, believe it or not, 1923 and 2023. So we're 100 years removed but very interesting stuff. Here that is. Uh, first off, set the scene in the country when America elects Calvin Coolidge. Well, Brian, it was very similar to today, almost eerily similar. For example, we were coming out of a pandemic, then the influenza. Two, we had recession, and three, we had, uh, or, or the prospect of recession. Three, we had hidden inflation. The government wasn't acknowledging to people that prices were up 40%. There was a sense of radicalism in the country and people were talking socialism. And there it was, income Harding first and Coolidge for common sense America, what they called normalcy. 
uh, they were elected with strong number of votes. You said that he does it. He was against class warfare. Go ahead and be successful. We don't hate you for it. That's right. Uh, Coolidge said some astounding things which are true, but which we don't even dare say today. For example, he said personal rights and property rights are the same thing. He said, uh, this one's wild, Brian, the man who builds a factory builds a temple. He believed in work, hard work, uh, and he believed also that people would advance in that situation. He vetoed spending, including spending in areas such as disaster relief. He was an anti-crisis spending because he said very often localities can take care of themselves or should. He was not inhumane, but he saw a restrained role right. for Washington. I want you to hear, here's a little of the special, uh, President Coolidge. Uh, this is a clip of President Coolidge and his 1926 speech on the Declaration of Independence. Listen. I actually came across his 1926 speech on the Declaration of Independence. When I read that speech, I realized, well, here is somebody who really gets the American founding. And that caught my attention because there really aren't many presidents in the 20th century who not only get the founding but revere it. He knew history. Yes, uh, and that's Janice Rogers Brown, a federal judge retired, speaking for Calvin Coolidge, the bridge to the founders, Brian. Interesting stuff. Um, just in case you're wondering, because the years seem a little bit off, uh, Vice President Coolidge was reportedly sworn in as president in 1923 after President Warren G. Harding suddenly died of a heart attack. So Coolidge won re-election a year later, uh, and then was succeeded by Herbert Hoover in 1929. From the same 1926 speech that she was talking about, uh, I do like this section. Envy, malice, uncharitableness, class jealousy, uh, je jealousness, race prejudice, and international uh, and enemies are not realities. They are only the fictions of unenlightened comprehension. Those who preach them are not safe advisors and are not sound leaders. Uh, I mean, we, we had some amazing forefathers and thinkers before our time. If you go further into this article, which leads you into a 2011 Wall Street Journal article and uh, a uh, op-ed by Charles C. Johnson, really, you, I mean, you read all the way in, Calvin Coolidge did such a fantastic job budgeting or balancing the budget here in the United States. He was so good and so good to the people that even during the Great Depression, the people still loved him as, as a president. They still admired him. They still loved him because of his stances on everything. He was about hard work and the American dream. He was about you chasing your dreams and making them come true. He knew that you could do it on your back. He was completely anti-socialist. And it's it really is, the more you read into it and see the times he was in, it is pretty eerie how similar it is uh, to right now. But with that being said, you know they always say history repeats itself. What I'm hoping for, <laughs> if I can hope a little bit, is that it will repeat itself in the same way. That in 2024... Everybody has had enough, just like the American people had enough then. 
and that Republican nominee will over, overwhelmingly win with the majority of votes, the popular vote, the Electoral College, the whole nine. And that'll show that we the people have had enough. We don't want to live this way. We're sick of these radical ideas. We're sick of you pushing them down our throats. We're sick of seeing the world in complete disarray, our country in disarray, and we want some sanity restored. So hopefully that part of history will repeat itself also because I think that'll be uh, fantastic, to be honest with you. (laughs) That's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, But again, another very solid article that links to other articles. You should take the time to go through the original one, which is on American Wire, uh, and then click on the links in there that take you back to older articles that dive in even deeper about Calvin Coolidge. Interesting article, plus you're going to get some good facts and you're going to learn something maybe you didn't know because you can't know everything about every single president. You know, this was so, a lot of this was news to me. I mean, I know who was president when. Um, I knew that he was during the Depression era, but I certainly did not know that he was fighting a lot of the same things that we are fighting today prior to his election. So, as like I said, interesting article. All right, that wraps it up for me today. I hope you're enjoying Hump Day. It's word there. You, you've made it. You're halfway through. So the week, weekend is quickly approaching. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please rate and review me. It's always a great help. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, littlejocc.com, go to the contact section. Beyond that, have a beautiful day, and we will do it again tomorrow. Thank you.